Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Sean Hannity has asked me to join him at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on his program on Hannity on the Fox News Channel, and I shall be there. Let's go ahead and post that, Mr. Producer. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All right. This is getting so monotonous, isn't it? So much going on in the world in this country that needs serious focus. Our Congress isn't capable of it, and certainly our media refuse. Our media love this, and they're going to keep perpetuating it. Racism. Racism. The crowd chanted that we now know from Fox for 13 seconds, send her back about Omar. I want to say this as an American and a Jew. The fact is, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib are Jew haters. They've made it abundantly clear. Omar has a litany of statements she has made, both as a member of Congress and before, which demonstrate this as factual. Talib, the same thing. In fact, Talib, you can go on the internet and see here with a picture of a supporter of Hezbollah. He is celebrating her, she is celebrating him. And Talib also used to have a map of the Middle East, Israel in particular, with a yellow stickum on top of Israel as if to wipe it out. Omar, in the last 24 hours, has led a movement called the BDS movement, which is a well-known international anti-Semitic movement to try and destroy the state of Israel through economic sanctions. AOC has dared to compare the men and women in immigration law enforcement, the Border Patrol and ICE, to concentration guards and concentration camps referring to detention centers, most of which were built by Obama and before as concentration camps. Our country is compared to the Third Reich. Our president is compared to Hitler. And not one fraction of 1% of the objections you're hearing about that rally last night and the president's statements, not one fraction of 1% have the media objected in any significant way. The body politic, the progressives, the Democrats, the media, all in one. 
So the question is, what exactly has Ilian Omar done for women, for women of color, or for Muslims? What has she done? She's done absolutely nothing. What exactly has Rashida Tlaib done for women, women of color, or Muslims? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Zero. What exactly has AOC done for women, women of color, Hispanic women? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. These are three stooges of the hard radical left who do in fact hate the country. Unless you're Helen Keller and you don't see what you see and hear what you see and hear. Unless you're a, an ideologue of the left, like so many in the media are, you can't see it. But if you're a thinking person, you do see it, and you hear it, and you read it. And it's appalling. And as I keep saying, you wouldn't know who Ocasio-Cortez is, who Omar is, who Talib is, but for CNN and MSNBC, Meet the Press, Face the Nation, Good Morning America, The Today Show, and all the rest. Because they promote them. And by promoting them, they're promoting their hate. By promoting them, they're promoting their hate. Despite all the interviews with Omar, there has never been a serious grilling of Omar. Questioning her. You came out of Mogadishu, Somalia, a war-torn city and country. You lost your mother when you were two years old. You were raised by your father and your grandfather. You wound up in a refugee camp in Kenya. They sought to come to the United States and were welcome into the United States, as were you as a young teenager. You went to college in the United States. Why do you hate this country so deeply? Relentlessly. And what's your problem with the Jewish people in the Jewish state? Why are you so filled with poison and vile and contempt for a country that embraced you? And for people you don't even know. I don't even know if she's ever been to Israel. But her hate is broader than Israel. She's a Jew hater. I've seen them before. Talib, Rashida Talib, is right. Her home is the United States. But it wasn't the original home of her parents. Parents are Palestinian Muslims came to the United States from the Middle East. Why? Why come to such a hard country as America? She's never seriously questioned, grilled, never. And they've been trashing the country since the minute they stepped into the House of Representatives. They've been saying anti-Semitic statements. They've been pounding around with truly loathsome individuals. Hezbollah? AOC has said many racist and anti-Semitic things. But the entire narrative is about the president and his supporters. Over send her back or she can go back or they can go back. 
A hell of a lot worse has been said. A lot worse. But what has Omar done for women of color and Muslim women? Same with Talib. Same with AOC and Latinos. They've done nothing. Zero. They're utterly unproductive. They're destructive. It takes nothing to get elected to Congress and draw attention to yourself by saying the most radical, extreme things that you can possibly conceive of and draw the attention of our truly pathetic media. Now, it's fair to ask, when I ask what has Omar done and Talib and AOC, what has Trump done? What has Trump done for women of color? What has Trump done for Muslims? I'll tell you what Trump has done, and I'm going to say this on Hannity, so I hope nobody steals it from me. Trump sent the United States military into Syria. And there was, in fact, a bombing raid, a missile raid into Syria to protect women of color, men of color, children of color, and babies of color, and mostly Muslims, from the Syrian regime's gassing of their own people. And he did it twice. And he warned that regime, they better not do it again. What else did Trump do? He directed the United States military to destroy ISIS. You might remember ISIS. You don't hear much about ISIS anymore. ISIS, as you know, was slaughtering women of color, raping them, enslaving them, men of color, children of color, babies of color, the vast majority of whom were Muslim. Yazidis too, others too, but the vast majority Muslims. Brutalizing them as they built their caliphate. There is no more ISIS caliphate. Because Trump put an end to it. And in putting an end to it, untold numbers of women of color of men of color, of children of color, of babies of color. Untold numbers of Muslims are alive today as a result of what our commander-in-chief did. Our commander-in-chief continues to oversee the military actions in Afghanistan to protect women of color, men of color, children of color and babies of color, Muslims, from the Taliban. From the Taliban. Does this sound like a man who's a racist? Does this sound like a man who's anti-Muslim? Omar and Talib have done nothing except trash Jews and trash their own country. That's all they've done since they've been in the House of Representatives. Can you think of anything else? AOC trashes her country, compares American law enforcement on the border, many of whom are Hispanics, by the way, 
of running concentration camps compares them to the Third Reich? In fact, what has the entire Democrat Party done for people of color and Muslims? Under their great hero, Barack Obama, when Assad of Syria was gassing his own people, people of color, Muslims, Obama did nothing. Zero. When ISIS was slaughtering, raping, and enslaving people of color, mostly Muslims, others too, what did Obama do? Well, he mostly cut tail and ran. I see. I see. And yet nobody accuses him of being a racism, a racist. Nobody accuses him of being anti-Muslim, do they? Yet he shared many of the same views as Talib and Omar when it comes to Israel and Netanyahu. And what of? Hispanics pouring into this country and their treatment in our detention centers. Which party was it that took three positions in the course of eight years? Secure the border? Manufactured crisis? Open the border? They finally settled on their political position and it all involves exploitation. This president, and I didn't support him in this, was willing a year ago or more to legalize and set on a course for citizenship 1.2 million illegal aliens, the vast majority of whom are Hispanics. He wanted to cut that deal with the Democrats. But he wanted to secure the border. He wanted walls too, but the Democrats said, no, we can't have a wall. We can't secure the border. The influx must be endless. Is it a racist president who would take 1.2 million illegal aliens and set them on the path to legalization and eventually citizenship? Does that sound like a racist president to you when the vast majority of them are Hispanic? I am truly ashamed ashamed of how the media, the Washington establishment, talks about race, talks about the facts, talks about reality, talks about this president. It's absolutely incredible to me how they spin these lies and spin their propaganda day in and day out at the top of their lungs. Real freak shows. One freak show after another. This Donnie douche guy on MSNBC. I want to talk to white people out there, he says. You're going, what? The hell is this guy? I want to talk to white people out there. Starts admonishing white people. For what? For what? Because it's cool, you see, on MSNBC. That's what they do. I hope you'll think about what I've said over the course of the last 15 or 20 minutes. I know it'll be repeated by the backbenchers on TV and radio, but I think it's very, very important to think with a sober mind while the mob is on the loose 
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. A major reason Omar, Talib, and AOC hate Trump is because he's not only pro-American, he's pro-Israel. Let me repeat that. Another reason Omar, Talib, and AOC ran against and as soon as they came into office started attacking Trump is because Trump is not only pro-America, he's pro-Israel. They are appalled by the fact that he recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. They're appalled by the fact that he moved the American embassy to Jerusalem. They're appalled by the fact that he kicked the PLO office and shut it down out of this country. They're appalled by the fact that he cut off funding for the PLO, excuse me, for the PA to subsidize terrorists. And so this is a, an undercurrent that you'll never hear in the media today. And part of the reason is the media agree with them. When Hamas shoots missiles into Israel, the media supports Hamas. The media covered up the Holocaust. So when AOC mentions concentration camps, they, they're fine with it. No big deal. No big deal at all. So this is an undercurrent that's taking place. And see how clever they think they are? They try to turn Trump into the racist. Trump, who throughout his life has hired more minorities than every single one of the people attacking him today. More Muslims, more blacks, more brown people, whatever. He's hired more of them than CNN, MSNBC combined. I'll be right back. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course 
Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. CNN used to employ an individual by the name of Mark Lamont Hill, a Temple University professor, who is a dyed-in-the-wool, in my view, anti-Semite. The other night, CNN had on Richard Spencer, a neo-Nazi. They thought it was important to hear from him. The media have a very high tolerance for anti-Semitism. New York Times, for decades, for decades. This president has no tolerance for it whatsoever. None. And I'm convinced this is part of the reason they hate his guts too. It's part of the reason Omar, Talib, and AOC focus on him. Give you another example of what's been going on. If you've been watching television, you see Jon Stewart everywhere trying to draw attention to the cause of funding for the 9-11 fund to take care of our police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and others who were the first responders on that horrific day. Mike Lee and Rand Paul asked that the bill be slowed down because they want to know how it's going to be paid for. That's all you've heard. And then there was a gentleman on with John Stewart. I forget if it was on Fox or MSNBC, wherever it was, just viciously attacking Lee and Paul over this issue. Vicious. Now, I know Mike Lee. I don't know Rand Paul very well, and I know he's a man with a big heart. I'm thinking, what's going on here? I really haven't looked at this. Did you folks know that the bill has no funding limits whatsoever. And it goes through 2092 for the next 73 years. Without review or anything of the sort. There's no number in there. There's no question of renewal in there. Future Congresses can't even look at it. It's a 73-year bill that has no funding amount in it. 73 years. And so Lee, <clears throat> Mike Lee says, they're the only two. Um, is there a dollar amount and how are we paying for this? They didn't say we shouldn't do it. They didn't say it shouldn't be funded. They wanted a few more specifics. All the bill says it provides for such sums as may be necessary until 2092. And they say, we don't know what that means. I have no idea what it means. 
So you can't even ask the question? Nobody's more pro-cop than I am. Nobody's more pro-firefighter than I am. I'm quite serious about this. And I would fight any member of Congress that doesn't want to take care of our men and women. Period. But it's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate... You know, it's like Medicare. The Democrats want to give Medicare now to illegal aliens. The children of illegal aliens. And part of Medicare for all. Now, a year or two ago, that would have been unthinkable. Absolutely unthinkable. Right? So I don't have any trouble with them asking. You have a bill here when faced with a bill providing for such sum as may be necessary until 2092. Trying to figure out what that means and how this is supposed to work. Can't even, can't even ask questions. So when John Stewart's out there saying what he's saying and the gentleman he was with saying what he's saying, it's really unjust to attack these two members of Congress for raising the question. It really is. It's very unjust. Well, we have money for everything else. Actually, we don't have money for everything else. But they didn't say they wouldn't support it. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I have no idea what they're going to do. But they want to know what such sums means till 2092, the next 73 years. Well, it's whatever anybody needs, Mark. Well, who's, whatever who needs. So, it's a fair question. But the media haven't reported it very fairly, now have they? I'll bet most of you didn't even know this until I just told you this. Which puts a little bit of a different light on it, right? And it's been reported on for two or three weeks. Really quite remarkable. I don't know why it's a controversial question. Again, they're not saying I'm voting no. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I have no idea. They're not saying don't give them the funds that are necessary. But I've never heard of a bill being passed as such funds as are necessary. We don't do that with our veterans who retire. We don't do that for the VA. We don't really do that for anything that I'm aware of. So I think it's a proper question and debate it for a day or so and then be done with it. I mean, when I looked into this, I was absolutely shocked about the way it's being reported. Pretty damn amazing. All right, Mr. Producer, we've got a lot on the table. We've got a lot more to cover. In our last hour, we're going to have the great Daniel Horowitz on the program who wants to warn you about the budget that's going through the Congress right now, the unbelievable irresponsibility in terms of spending, speaking of spending, that's taking place. And apparently Republicans and conservatives don't care about that anymore. We talk about it all the time. I wrote an entire book on it, Plunder and Deceit. But do you hear anybody else talk about it? Oh, it's kind of boring. No, it's not boring. Actually, I have the call screen up now. Let me go to Antoinette, Orange, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA. How are you? Hello, my love. You are the brother that I never had, and I love you. First off, I am an American. I am Latina, and I live in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, those gir- those women, I call them girls, they're the mean girls. There was a movie called Mean Girls, 
That's mm-hmm. those four. How dare they? Your call screener, he was wonderful. I was just thinking in the back of my mind, I know we have to vote them out because they're fools and ungrateful. Uh, let me let me let me let me slow you down. I don't know that any of them are going to be voted out. I hope they are, but they're very, very dark blue districts. That's how they get away with this. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but what I was going to say is, I know we have to vote them out, but I was just hoping we could, couldn't we do a class action lawsuit because they haven't done a damn thing. No, 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 no. All right, hold on. Hold on. You can't bring a lawsuit against members of Congress to remove them because you disagree with them or because they haven't done anything. And we don't want these left-wing judges involved in that either. So, no, we're stuck with them. What's troubling is how the media continue to promote them. Now they're victims. You've got anti-Semites among them, Jew haters, American haters, and now they're the victims, you see. Poor things. If only the president would stop talking about them. The media pushed them in our faces as a nation over and over and over and over and over and over again. They paint the narrative, these are women of color, and that's why the president's attacking them, even though he never mentioned that they were women or their color. They want to make them absolutely immune from criticism uh, because they're setting the stage for the 2020 election, and they do not want people to be criticized who they support. And the real reason why the word racism is being thrown around has really nothing to do with race. It's about intimidation, and it's about advancing the hard-left agenda. If you don't agree with the hard-left agenda, uh, then you have to be a racist. Look, you heard this this, uh, Congresswoman Presley, who's serving in John Kennedy's old district, by the way. And you've heard what she says, what she said at that Netroots Nutjob conference. And I paraphrase, she basically said, if you're black and you're brown and you don't agree with me, this is effectively what she says, then keep your mouth shut. Stop pretending. Go ahead. She's a child. They're all, they're horrible, horrible. They don't represent us as women of color. That's for damn sure. A good majority of us. Surprisingly, we will be voting for our president. But, you know, this is a great point you're raising. It's very interesting. Because Nora O'Donnell, in her debut show, you would think, among others, that these women represent all women, and they represent all women who are minorities. And I know that's not true. It's a lie. They haven't run for office nationwide, and if they did, they would get slaughtered politically. They'd they'd lose in a blowout. Matter of fact, when they take a poll of Omar, the people who, who are aware of her, don't like her. She has support from 9% of those who know who she is. Same with AOC. The overwhelming majority who do know her don't like her. But the media like her. She's crazy and she's a total embarrassment, especially for us that are Latinas. It's horrible. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus. 
the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. CNN has supported Antifa, employed for a period of time this Temple professor, Mark Lamont Hill, an anti-Semite, in my view. They bring on Richard Spencer, a neo-Nazi, because they think that's newsworthy. They promote Omar and Talib, anti-Semites. AOC, anti-Semite. Oh, concentration camps, you know. MSNBC's mostly no different. New York Times, busy publishing anti-Semitic cartoons that look like they came right out of Nazi Germany. They refer to the president many times, multiple times, as a racist, as Hitler, as Stalin, as a white supremacist, and on and on and on. And the president says, why don't you go back where you came from? And that, you see, is their red line. That's their red line. Now, if you're an accountant, let's say you're a political accountant, you have credit and debit. And you have credit on one side and debit on the other side. The debit, that is, the things that have been said about this president, all manner of hate, so far outweigh what he said, what he tweeted. And yet the reaction is outweighed compared to the reaction to what is said about him. And the reason is because they're the people saying it. And even as I'm reading that, I'm thinking about Covington, Kentucky. Those young men who went to Washington, D.C. and were set upon by a gentleman who was a Native American, was calling them names and was in their face. And to remember how the news media reacted to that. It attacked these young kids who were wearing MAGA hats, white, Christians. They had their narrative, and they weren't going to move from it. In fact, so bad was it, they cherry-picked the videotape. They only showed us part of it. It was edited. And the same gaggle of newsrooms, groupthink, pack mentality, attacked those young kids, particularly that one young man, 
defended the Native American, even though he was at fault, even though he was the provocateur, for which several of them are now being sued. That's your media. That's your media in America. They said there was Russian collusion, just like the Democrats did. There wasn't any. They said the president violated campaign laws as they searched through the documents that have now been released by the Southern District in New York. He didn't. Now there's another report today from the great John Solomon in the Hill. They said that the White House manipulated security clearances. They now have information from a closed-door hearing from Republicans that career security personnel said that never happened. Almost everything the media tell us is false. But the narrative goes on. The narrative goes on. It's quite incredible. And yet a few people, maybe several dozen, yelling, send her back. John Roberts, apparently at uh, Fox, timed it for 13 seconds. And that's the big story today. Why didn't the president stop them? president said, look, I didn't support it. I just moved quickly on from that. Yes, but you caused it, you see. And you should have been like John McCain and stood up and stopped it. You should have said no, like John McCain would have. Remember how they hated John McCain? Remember it was either the Post or the Times that did a front-page story on inferring extracurricular activity, if you get my drift? Remember that? And now, of course, they love John McCain because he's gone. Because he's gone. All right. Let's see here. Let's see if I can pull up the old call screen here. It looks like I can. Let us go to Frank. Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. The great WABC. Go. Ashley Delaghi, how you doing, my friend? Very well. Thank you, sir. Hey, um, I was telling your screener, um, you know how we label these people. Uh, started with, you know, AOC, uh, Antifa, yeah. and, and now this, uh, the Mod Squad, the squad. Why do, why do we keep giving celebrity to these people, which I, that's my opinion. Uh, well, you don't hear me call them the squad because they, they culturally they want to come off as cool. So there's the squad. They're not the squad. Right. Well, I don't is- call them the squad. And AOC, you're right, but normally I call her AAH. I know, I know, AAH. I love that one. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, who started the AOC and, and who started the Antifa? They're not anti-fascist. They are uh, domestic terrorists. Yep. And we keep labeling these people and calling them that and you're right I I don't disagree Frank it's a good point I gotta run we'll be right back he's here he's here now broadcasting from the underground command post deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Iran is in the news. Iran is in the news. I wonder if we'll send uh, Rand Paul as our uh, special envoy to Iran, although I'm not sure which side he would be negotiating for. That's the problem. How does his foreign policy differ much from Ilhan Omar's? I'm quite serious about this. Or Bernie Sanders, for that matter. Not a whole lot. So then that'll trigger this. Just like if you, you dare to question Omar and Talib and AOC, you must be a racist. And so that'll trigger, among the code pink Republicans and the leftists, this response. You must be a warmonger. So now you can't have a debate, you see. can't have a discussion. Racist and a warmonger. And that's the problem. The Code Pink Republicans use the tactics of Omar and Talib and AOC. And yet they pretend to put America first. They don't. This is from Fox. Trump, U.S. warship destroyed Iranian drone in Strait of Hormuz. Oh, I guess we provoked that, huh, ladies and gentlemen? No, we didn't. A U.S. warship destroyed an Iranian drone in the Strait of Hormuz amid heightened tensions between the two countries, <coughs> excuse me, President Trump announced today. The U.S. reserves the right to defend personnel, facilities, and interests, he said. Trump said the USS Boxer took defensive action after the drone closed to within 1,000 yards of the warship and ignored multiple calls to stand down president called it the latest hostile action by Iran. Marines on board took down the drone using electronic jamming equipment, U.S. officials told Fox later today. The device, known as the Light Marine Air Defense Integrated System, deployed for the first time in January aboard the USS Kearsarage, the same class of warship as the USS Boxer. Trump also called on other countries to condemn what he described as Iran's attempts to disrupt the freedom of navigation and global commerce in the strategic waterway in the Persian Gulf region. That's why when you have the mouthpieces in this country of the left and right for the Iranian propaganda machine, hey, the Iranian foreign minister's in town. Hey, hey, we should have lunch with him. Why don't you talk to him, right? No, not right. There's also an Iranian project That's trying to destroy the reputation of John Bolton and try to create a divide between the president and John Bolton. Also pathetic. You can hear their mouthpieces in this country, too. Some have big megaphones. Chief Pentagon spokesperson Jonathan Hoffman confirmed to Fox News in a statement, quote, Approximately 10 a.m. local time, the amphibious ship USS Boxer was in international waters conducting a planned inbound transit of the Strait of Hormuz. A fixed-wing unmanned aerial system, UAS, approached Boxer and closed within a threatening range. The ship took defensive action against the UAS to ensure the safety of the ship and its crew. Meantime, Iranian Foreign Minister Javad Sarif said Thursday he had no information. <clears throat> I have no information about having lost a drone today. It's a liar. The latest actions came amid heightened tensions between the U.S. and Iran. 
In the wake of the breakdown of the nuclear deal, it wasn't a breakdown, we withdrew from it, it was a disaster. As the secretive regime announced it exceeded the threshold of low enriched uranium stockpile, it was agreed upon in the 2015 Accord. And Iran state television said earlier today that the regime's forces captured a foreign tanker with a crew of 12 accused of smuggling oil. So this is the second provocation today, you see, by the Iranian Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. As I get to it here, I'm doing my best. You'd be amazed how I'm having to do this, ladies and gentlemen, but I won't complain. Let's see. Oh, shoot. I guess I lost it. So they took this tanker that was in international waters. And nobody knows where the crew is. They took the crew. Nobody knows where the crew is. Oh, and there's a Japanese academic who was kidnapped. Nobody knows where she is. Yeah, yeah, we need, to, we need to negotiate a deal with this country, you see. We're provoking them, you see. The fact that they're in Syria slaughtering people, the fact that they're in Iraq slaughtering people, the fact that they're in Yemen slaughtering people, the fact that they want ICBMs with nuclear warheads to hit our cities, you know, whatever. Uh, here we have the uh, Strait of Hormuz where so much oil flows and commerce flows where they're picking off ships left and right and they blew up two other ships, including a Japanese... Uh, Oil tanker. They, you know, they just want peace. It's what $150 billion will buy. Now, keep in mind, they already have the $150 billion. They already got the $1.8 billion. It all, vast majority, went into their military and terrorist operations, as well as their nuclear research. Obama did that, because he cares about people of color, you see. That's why he did it. Here's the President of the United States today. Cut one. Go. I want to apprise everyone of an incident in the Strait of Hormuz today involving USS Boxer and Navy amphibious assault ship. The Boxer took defensive action against an Iranian drone which had closed into a very, very near distance, approximately 1,000 yards, ignoring multiple calls to stand down and was threatening the safety of the ship and the ship's crew. The drone was immediately destroyed. This is the latest of many provocative and hostile actions by Iran against vessels operating in international waters. The United States reserves the right to defend our personnel, our facilities, and interests, and calls upon all nations to condemn Iran's attempts to disrupt freedom of navigation and global commerce. I also call on other nations to protect their ships as they go through the strait and to work with us in the future. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, we uh, should said Rand Paul uh, should be the intermediary to work on this. No, I don't think so. I would say continue doing what you're doing, Mr. President. Continue the economic sanctions. Is an, and in fact, folks, there are seven waivers. They call them waivers that are in place. Lift the waivers. 
full-scale economic sanctions on Iran. And Iran will collapse the way the Soviet Union collapsed. Iran will collapse the way the Soviet Union collapsed. Iran's a much smaller project than the Soviet Union was. And the Soviet Union collapsed without us going to war with the Soviet Union. So regardless of what the code pink Republicans say, their hair is always on fire. And they're always blaming America first. And they share that with the hard left. They share that with the hard left. Keep the sanctions in place. Lift the waivers. That is, more sanctions across the board, stronger sanctions. I explained to you the other day how this country's divided up among mullahs. They divide up industries. They divide up the geography. This isn't some merely uh, extremist, fanatical, religious enterprise. It's definitely that. But it also exists to line the pockets of these phony mullahs and, uh, and the big cheese. It's a complete fraud, just like the Palestinian Authority, where Abbas's family members control various industries like cement and bricks and this, that, and the other. Like Hamas and the Gaza Strip, same thing. They run it like the mob. And hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, flow through these entities from various governments in the U.N. And again, this president has said that's enough, which is another reason Omar and Talib and AOC hate him. And the New York Times and CNN. They don't like the fact that this president loves his country, and they don't like the fact that this president has been the greatest president as a partner for Israel, ever. It drives them nuts. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, BrickhouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Thirty p.m. Eastern Time. Not sure of the subject because it really doesn't matter. By the way, if there is a war with Iran or military action against Iran, it'll be as a result of Iran. Okay. So for all the code pink Republicans out there, ready to leap and attack their own commander in chief, uh, nonsense. 
Joe Biden was in Los Angeles today. Maybe he was out there looking at all the rats. Not just the liberals, but I mean really the rats. Do you know they have 12 million rats in Los Angeles? Who sits there and counts them, Mr. Producer? Job for that? I'm going to tell you something. This is going to break out one day into a horrific illness. You can't have 12 million rats. There's more rats in L.A. than there are in New York. Do you know this? All these dark blue cities and dark blue states are so well run, aren't they? And so all the locusts, that is the left-wing Democrats who vote for these morons, put them in office, who destroy their towns and their counties and their states, then they move into other states like Texas or Florida or Virginia, and they destroy those states. Locusts, I call them. It's like the plague. That's what liberalism's all about. Destruction. Not production. Joe Biden, the dumbest man to ever serve in the Senate, and hence the dumbest man to ever be Vice President of the United States. So dumb, even Barack Milhouse Bedino Obama hasn't endorsed him yet, which is a humiliating embarrassment. I mean, Ronald Reagan endorsed his Vice President right out of the box, George H.W. Bush. Joe Biden in Los Angeles today... Talking about you folks, many of you. Cut 10, go. Well, I only saw a clip of it. The way he stood there, it didn't seem like it. You'd assume, you can imagine if someone said that when I was speaking, what I would have said. No, stop. Speak up, man. Not after the fact. Not after the fact. Now, he's talking about uh, the 13-second long chant of, uh, you know, leave the country or go back home or whatever they were chanting. Go ahead. Do you think he's trying to have it both ways? Now, now, here's a reporter. See, they're advocates. Do you think he's trying to have it both ways? Do you think he's trying to have it both? What kind of a question is this? Joe Biden, the man who said, you know, I, I, I could work with segregationists. Go ahead. And then the next day, walk it back. Well, he does that all the time and everything. It's like, you know, when he said, when I've made the... Oh, that's, that's, that's precious coming from you, pal. Against reparations for reparations. Against busing for busing. Against abortion and the Hyde... Uh, uh, and then for abortion. For the Hyde Amendment, then against the Hyde Amendment. Oh, you're pretty clever there, Biden. You and your 13 IQ. Go ahead. Is, uh, you know, uh, coddling... Supremacist and what do you mean coddling white supremacists? This is a guy who said he negotiated with segregationists. He had to get along with them. When did Trump coddle white supremacists? And we allow these things to become part of the, of the narrative. They're flat-out lies. It's not coddle white supremacists, or none of us would support them. If I wanted to coddle white supremacists, I'd be a Democrat. Nobody coddled white supremacists better than the Democrat Party. Everybody knows that. He coddled Robert Byrd. He coddled James Eastman, John Stennis. I remember these guys. Al Gore Sr. Oh, yeah. Orville Faubus, one of uh, Bill Clinton's buddies. Oh, yeah, they were coddling segregationists and racists and white supremacists all the time in the Democrat Party. Had to work with them. Didn't happen in the Republican Party. Didn't happen with Trump. Go ahead. 
All right, stop that. Does anyone understand what this man said for the last 20 seconds? Do you, Mr. Producer? I think he's got uh, spaghetti with marinara sauce between his ears. What do you think? Want to mention that? Because I'm hungry. That's why. All right, go ahead. This is about dividing the country. This is about dividing and, and raising the issue of, of racism across the country. Oh, that's, that's right. Trump is raising the issue of racism. Right, folks? Trump. What a joke. Go ahead. That's it. This is about dividing and raising the issue of racism across the country because that is his base. That's what I wanted you to hear. That's you, folks, you see. You're the racists. That's the base. And then, in the same sense, he talks about dividing the country. Look, I can't help it that the guy's a moron, but he definitely is. So dividing the country, and he just called the Trump base racists. Tens of millions of people. Got this representative, Steve Cohen. You may remember him with the fried chicken and the KFC bucket and all the rest. Complete clown. Uh, he, was, uh, he was out there today. Uh, cut 11, go. Your reaction to what you heard at that rally in North Carolina from President Trump overnight? It was more reminiscent of, of Germany during the beginnings of the Hitler regime. People yelling, send her back. That's, that was un-American. I fear for the congressman's safety. I see. Well, I fear for the president's safety. You, jackasses like you, referring to him basically as Hitler... Over and over again. The things you say about him, the things you say he's doing to the country. That Bernie Sanders supporter a couple of years back, he heard you guys. He heard you. Nobody wants an Adolf Hitler in the office of the presidency, do they, Mr. Producer? So what do you do about it? These people are playing with fire. They're playing with fire. This guy Cohen, this reminds him of the 30s in uh, Nazi Germany. Well, then he doesn't know much about what took place in the 30s in Nazi Germany. Does he speak out against Omar? He's a Jew, as am I. Does he speak out against Omar? No. Why? Democrat, that's why. How about Talib? No. Now, Omar and Talib aren't Republicans, are they, ladies and gentlemen? No. AOC is not a Republican, is she, ladies and gentlemen? No. Where are all the anti-Semites in Congress? In one party, as far as I know. Which party would that be, ladies and gentlemen? Well, that would be the party of slavery, I believe. I'll be right back.
If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Mark LEVIN, the conscience of conservatism. Call Mark now at 877-381-3811. Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Well, newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, people look at your law, your jawline. Simply tells them your age. Here's Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put Genesel jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. This is the best my neck has looked in 20 years. And people told me uh, my face looks young, and I'm blown away, she said. Now, using MDL technology in Chaminade's proprietary base, Genesel's brand-new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around the neck and jaw for tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. See results right before your eyes or 100% of your money back, no questions asked. Call now, and the classic Genesel for bags and puffiness is free with your order. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, Genesel Immediate Effects is also yours free. No double chin, no turkey neck, no sagging jawline because no one needs to know your age. Remember what I said. You're going to see results in 12 hours or less with Genesel Immediate Effects. Now, here's what you do. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. Get your two free gifts and free express shipping. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com, 800-SKIN-604. On freedom of the press. There's a section in the book. I tell you, I refer to this book all the time. It really is quite the primer, quite the reference now. About things that were said about the President of the United States. I've, I've gone through some of this with you before, but let, given, given what's going on now, let's take a look at this. Our media. MSNBC host Joe Scarborough, March 18. That is 28. When Trump goes out there and whips people up, it's like a Mussolini Rowney. And yes, that's what I said. So in other words, they've been saying these things about him from day one. Also Scarborough. March 2018. It's our responsibility to call out those times when constitutional norms are being challenged. Those times when the President of the United States actually channels Joseph Stalin. Calls the media the enemy of the people. So now he's Mussolini and he's Stalin. Mussolini killed tens of thousands. Stalin killed tens of millions. Now think about this idiot, Scarborough. Michael Eric Dyson. MSNBC. Donald Trump talks like a racist. 
And this is from uh, July 2018. Thinks like a racist. Makes statements like a racist. Conjures emotions that give sucker and support to white supremacists and white nationalists. He has emboldened white supremacists to come forward. New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman, our president is a disturbed person and he's behaving in ways that are simply inexplicable. Chris Cuomo, CNN, the world witnessed a betrayal the likes of which we've never seen. America's president sided with its enemy today. This is this a year ago. So-called historian Douglas Brinkley, CNN contributor, quote, the spirit of what Trump did is clearly treasonous. It's a betrayal of the United States. He threw our intelligence services. He, he flushed them away. He came off as being a puppet of Putin. People are going to say there's the taint of treason around this White House. CNN analyst Max Boot. Well, if anybody's issuing demented words of violence and death, I would say it's the president of the United States. I mean, it's quite a pass we've come to. The leadership of a country like Iran seems more stable and rational than the president of the United States. This is all from your media. Again, Michael Eric Dyson, a year ago. We got a guy, that's Trump, who gets up every morning and excretes the feces of his moral depravity into a nation he's turned into a psychic commode. That's what he's done. He's a bigot in chief and a racist in residence. Look at this mendacious, relentlessly lying, bigoted, ill-informed person that we have. Donnie Douche. I don't think he's, Trump, capable of basic empathies that we feel as human beings, and that's what a psychopath is. Karen Hunter, MSNBC. This is not the party of Lincoln, the party of Nixon, or even the party of Reagan. This is the party of the birth of the nation film director D.W. Griffin. This is the party of the KKK and the party of Trump. Let's see here. We have... Don Lemon, CNN. Article 3 and Section 3 of the Constitution says this. Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. So no president has ever been charged with treason. Douglas, do you believe the president's actions fall anywhere within that definition? Jason Johnson, MSNBC guest, says... That is just the emboldening of white bigotry by a white nationalist, white supremacist presidency and his cronies and all other white nationalists that he has empowered. The emboldening of sort of your random white bigots and then the loosening of the grips on white terrorism in this country has raised the stakes for all of us. CNN host Brian Stelter a year ago. What does Putin have on Trump? Is Trump being compromised? All those people, those experts, those reporters, they're looking at the fact pattern and seeing something strange, even sinister. Former Time editor Walter Isaacson, it's astonishing how Trump has become such an effective and destructive virus created by Vladimir Putin. The notorious Steve Schmidt, MSNBC at the time, he's inciting through mass rallies and constantly lying fervor in a political base. He scapegoats minority populations and affixes blames to them for every problem the country faces. He alleges conspiracy, conspiracies of nefarious forces. This could be straight out of Munich circa 1928. Joe Scarborough, 
year ago. Under Trump, children are being marched away to showers, just like the Nazis said they were taking people to the showers, and then they never came back. Andrea Mitchell, Trump's detention centers at the border. I call this a concentration camp for kids. Because that's exactly what it's turning out to be. Actually, that was Michael Steele, former head of the Republican Party. Now, Andrea Mitchell. Trump has very deliberately set up the press as the enemy of the people. You know, this is something that we first heard from Joseph Stalin. This is very dangerous. It undercuts democracy. Michelle Rayner, MSNBC producer. Trump's administration follows the exact pattern that Hitler has. I say it. The propaganda, even down to the Red Cross, went into Auschwitz. They cleaned it up for two days. It looked fine. They went back. They said everything seems fine there. To quote that new book that just came out, he is evil. He is evil. Joe Scarborough again. Trump is completely detached from reality. People close to him say he's mentally unfit. The people close to him during the campaign told me he had early stages of dementia. New York Times reporter David K. Johnson. Am I making the point, Mr. Producer? Donald Trump is a racist. He isn't just a white supremacist. He's a flat-out, full racist. Donnie Douche again, MSNBC. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border like Nazis, going, you here, you here. It's a given, the evilness of Donald Trump. Jason Johnson again, MSNBC guest. He was so good they wanted him back. This whole administration, these guys are terrorists, right? A white nationalist government that will take children hostage to get what they want. Chris Matthews. This is the time for the Democratic brace to roar up and say no more of this crap. This is the time for vengeance for what happened two years ago. I'm going to keep going. Mika Brzezinski. He will forever be remembered as the president who traumatized little children. That's his brand now. He's the president who purposefully traumatized babies and children, and he traumatized them for his political gain in order to look like Kim Jong-un. Roger Simon, Politico, chief political columnist. Under Trump, we can imagine a future of jackboots crashing through our doors at 2 a.m., Trucks in the streets to take people to the internment camps. Bright lights and barking dogs and worse. Brian Stelter, CNN. Do citizens in dictatorships recognize what's happening right here, right now? Are they looking at the first two days of the Trump administration and saying, oh, that's what my leader does? More Brian Stelter. Quote, is it time for newsrooms to think of new ways to convey Trump's lack of credibility? Because he says so many things that are bogus. He tells us all these lies. He spreads all these falsehoods. Carl Bernstein, CNN. Trump's attacks on the American press as enemies of the American people are more treacherous than Richard Nixon's attacks on the press. There's a history of what enemy of the people, that phrase means, as used by dictators and authoritarians like Stalin, including Hitler. Anna Navarro, CNN commentator. Trump is not only not fit to be president. In my book, his lack of empathy, his lack of leadership, his lack of courage. He's unfit to be human. Former CBS News anchor Dan Rather. June 2017. 
We haven't had a president this psychologically troubled in this way since at least Richard Nixon. New Republic contributing editor Bob Moser. Trump is the chief recruiter and dear leader of a gang of domestic terrorists. That would be you, folks. The president is the most powerful hate monger in America. He is the imperial wizard of the new white supremacy. He's our first neo-Nazi president. American Prospects senior correspondent Michelle Goldberg. Trump is a sort of junior player in a block of authoritarian countries. He's part of the block that includes Vladimir Putin, Duterte. He's, you know, he's, he's kind of part of kind of an access power. He'd certainly like to murder people without due process. Jeez. MSNBC, Ron Reagan Jr., always a genius. We have a dangerous individual in the Oval Office who is a national security threat. He needs to be removed from office. He's unfit and he needs to be removed. Don Lemon, he's unhinged. It's embarrassing. Brett Stevens of the New York Slimes, as he is. We live in the age of the active shooter and the president is goading them. He's inciting them. The blood will be on his hands the moment some whack job thinks he's carrying out the instructions of a president and goes into a newsroom like the one behind us or the one in my news organizations or yours and murdered people. Chris Matthews. It's hard to fire your son-in-law, but Mussolini had a great solution to that. He had him executed. So if I were Jared Kushner, I'd be a little careful. MTV correspondent Jamil Smith. There are a variety of ways Trump could kill us all. Washington Post columnist Jennifer Rubin. Party of Lincoln has become the party of Charlottesville. Arpaio, DACA repeal, and the Muslim ban. Embodying the very worst sentiments and driven by irrational anger, it deserves not defense but extinction. Brian Stouter, CNN. People are saying we have to talk about his health now before it's too late. Eugene Robinson saying, how long are we going to pretend that President Trump is fully rational? How long are we going to ignore the signs he's dangerously out of control? That's the question. I'm going to ask you, Jeff Greenfield, is now the time? Newsweek headline, how murderer Charles Manson and Donald Trump use language to gain followers. MSNBC's Fernand Amandi. This is not a political party, the Republican Party. This is a domestic terror group. ABC, this week's host, George Stephanopoulos. You're wondering where I'm getting them from? These are in Unfreedom of the Press. You can access them there. How surprised should we be? This is at least the fourth mass killing in America using an AR-15 since the Las Vegas massacre. At the center, an unapologetically incendiary president untrammeled by traditional norms of civility. Maureen Dowd, ABC's This Week. And I think what Trump has done over the course of the last few years is help foment this violence. John Heilman. Heilman. The president is obviously a racist. He's obviously a demagogue. He's obviously, he obviously condones anti-Semitism, stokes up nationalist hatred. The last one, Scarborough. I can't even call him president, this demagogue, this nationalist. Ladies and gentlemen, that list could have been ten times longer.
This is what they've been saying about the man since the moment he stepped foot in the Oval Office at the White House. The media. The media. A free press, don't you know? Not the enemy of the people. No, no, no. Safeguarding the republic. Ensuring that we're free. That we're informed that we get real news. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. What I read to you is an unfreedom of the press, along with an enormous amount of other uh, startling and I think uh, compelling information for you and your family and your friends. And I want to encourage you to secure your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. It's now eight weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. Now, there was a review done by the Federalist website of that list. Uh, and they said if you look simply at the book sales, my book, which was listed number five, should have been number two. Uh, I don't know what protesting behind this microphone will get me. Probably nothing. Michelle Obama, I believe, was put ahead of my book. She sold about 30% less books than I did last week. So there's no question that it, that it leans left. There's absolutely no question about it. That's why it's important if you like the book or you want to get the book or you're thinking about getting the book, you go ahead and jump in. Uh, they are... Very disappointed. In fact, they are shocked, as are the publishers out there, that this book has been on their list for two months. And my goal is to keep it on this list for three months and to get out as many as we can. We have now sold approximately 300,000 hard copies of the book. And we have sold, I'm just doing it in the math in my head, about 75,000 copies, e-books, e-audio, and CDs. So we're almost at 400,000 units. So my goal is to push it to a half a million. And I feel if we get it out there to a half a million people, half a million of you, and you get it out to other people, it could have an enormous effect on the course of history, particularly over the next two years in the lead up to the election. I really believe that. You heard what I just read to you. This book is filled with information like that, from history to modern events. That's why the media pretty much has given it the silent treatment. Demand letters from the IRS are hitting the mail. Now, if you owe back taxes, you may be receiving one soon, and when it arrives, you'll have questions like, 
Is it true that the IRS can garnish my paycheck? Yes. Can the IRS really take my home and bank accounts? Yes. Can they get my retirement savings? Yes. And by the way, they can do a hell of a lot more. It's an enormously powerful government agency. But there is a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, official government program for tax debt assistance. Nobody knows more about the Fresh Start Initiative than the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. Optima's mission is to stand between you and the IRS, fighting to help protect your paycheck and assets and helping you get the best deal possible. But don't delay because the IRS can tack on hefty penalties and interest every day. Call Optima now for your free consultation, free, while you still have options. Call 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, you can visit Optima Tax Relief, 800-499-6300. We have a big hour left. During the course of this break, if you haven't gotten your copy of Unfreedom of the Press, you can jump on Amazon right now. It's right there. And I'll see you in a few minutes. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. It be me, Mark Levin, our number 877-381-3811, New York Times. Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Ready for this? It's on Twitter. They wrote an article about how the Soviets won the space race for equality. The Soviets won the space race for equality. Quote, America may have put the first man on the moon, but the Soviet Union sent the first woman, the first Asian man, and the first black man into orbit all years before the U.S. would follow suit. I told you the New York Times is crap. It's been crap for a century. I have a question, ladies and gentlemen. Has a black man ever owned the New York Times? No. Has an Asian man ever owned the New York Times? No. Has a woman ever owned the New York Times? No. The same family has owned the New York Times since the 1860s. Like a monarchy, like a feudal system, one handed down to the other. And they're all white. They're white. But never mind. How about the head of CNN, Jeff Motherzucker? White. The head of NBC, Andrew Lack, white. Blindingly white, as I understand it. But look at the race baiting, the racism, the bigotry. So now NASA, the space program, forget it. The Soviets were ahead of us. The Soviets had gulags, for God's sakes. This would be the same damn New York Times. The same New York Times. That less than 90 years ago. Reported to the American people. On the grand Russian revolution. 
on Joseph Stalin, man of the people, on Joseph Stalin, who killed tens of millions of his own people and killed tens of millions of other people. And in the midst of 1932 and 33, starved the Ukrainian people. Upwards of 10 million of them died of hunger. Cannibalism. And the New York Times sent Walter Durandy. Maybe you've heard this because I've talked about it and it's in my book. And I have a, an ability to educate a lot of talk show hosts who don't know their you-know-what from their you-know-what until I say it and write it. But that's okay. Walter Durandy. Senior correspondent, 12 years in Moscow, 12 years a propagandist for Stalin. Many believe he was on his payroll. Ate extremely well, had among the best apartments, always had these black limousines. Nobody understood where he got them from. Provided with a girlfriend with whom he had a child. He was a journalist, don't you know? A journalist, you know, a journalist like Acosta and Stouter, those people. And he was a propagandist for Stalin and the communist revolution. Column after column, news column after news column. Talked about the great plentiful harvest in the Soviet Union. And, you know, we had a year or two there where it was difficult in the Ukraine. The Ukraine was the breadbasket. It wasn't difficult. He starved those people to death. Did Stalin. And now the New York Times is back. America may have put the first man on the moon, they say, but the Soviet Union sent the first woman, the first Asian man, and the first black man into orbit all years before the U.S. would follow suit. Tell me, New York Times... How many women, Asian men, and black men did the Soviet Union put in gulags? Oh, wait a minute. That's a wholly different story. But look at this. This, this identity politics. Identity politics. I will tell you this, Mr. Producer. The Soviet Union doesn't do anything with men, black men, or Asian women, or anything anymore, because it doesn't exist. Because it was a corrupt communist regime. But how dare the New York Times write a piece like this? It's truly grotesque. So the New York Times is celebrating the old Soviet Union. Much as they celebrated the, the original leadership of the Soviet Union. New York Times still pushing out Soviet propaganda, even though the Soviet Union doesn't even exist. Well, it does on our college campuses. Incredible, isn't it? You wonder why they hate Trump. Look at their mentality. Look at how they think. It's shameless and shameful. Soviet Union murdered millions of people. Millions. The New York Times wants you to know they were way ahead of us when it comes to race in their space program. Yep. New York Times. All the news that's fit to print. The paper of record. Not too self-serving, not too narcissistic over there. They haven't had a minority owner 
Well, they've had, you know, the, the billionaire from Mexico who bought 17% in the newspaper. And I'm talking about controlling interest. It's been the same family handed down. Very incestuous. I wonder what the latest Sulzberger looks like. He probably looks like Scarborough, who looks like the, uh, the inbred child that was a teenager that was on the bridge playing the banjo in Deliverance, may I say, with all due respect, of course. Scarborough looks just like that guy. And I don't even think he can play a banjo. And I don't say that out of spite. I don't say that to be provocative. It's just, uh, it's, it's just I, I, I see it, don't you? Didn't the Soviet Union first send a dog up in space, Mr. Producer? I think they sent a dog up in space. I think they're the first to send a dog in space. For which, of course, the Soviet Union posthumously deserves much credit. You know, people were sending mice and so but they sent a dog, so that's pretty cool. Now, whose flag is on the moon, the Soviet Union's or America's? I believe ours is on the moon. Ours is on the moon. But this is how sick it's gotten on the left. This is how phony the media are. This is why I have an entire chapter on the New York Times, chapter 6. The New York Times betrays millions. It betrays millions today while it's writing about America. How the Soviets were the first to have equality in their space program. I mean, how sick is this? Equality in hell is the kind of equality nobody wants. Equality in a gulag is the kind of equality nobody wants. The USSR sent women and people of color to space years before the U.S. When did we get this phrase, people of color, by the way? Is that new, Mr. Producer? People of color. What? People of color? I, I feel like I'm losing my mind, or they're losing their mind. Somebody's losing their mind. One of us. One of us. But I thought you'd want to know because uh, here it is, the, uh, what is it, 50th anniversary of our landing on the moon, and the New York Times wants you to know we're a racist country. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Daniel Horowitz of Conservative Review, one of the smartest Americans, uh, whether of color, no color, regardless of genitalia. Daniel Horowitz, how are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. Great to be back with you, Mark. Well, my pleasure. You've written a, uh, a troubling piece, a Conservative Review, about how the Congress, led by Mitch McConnell, are going to serve up the president another massive deficit. That's going to add a fortune to the already out-of-control debt. They're doing it quietly because they want to sneak out of town. Why don't you tell us what's going on? Sure. So I remember many of us were pulling our hair out during the Obama administration. Excuse me. I, uh, I, I'm not in that position any longer. Well, then we were just scraping out the scalp there because it yes. was really bad. Um, we couldn't imagine spending more than he spent. And Right now, this is before they want to spend another $350 billion and bust the budget caps. 
we are spending roughly 18% more than in Obama's final year, and that includes even 2009. Hold on now. Don't go so fast. Say that again. We are spending this year, fiscal year 2019, so far as of through June, first nine months of the fiscal year, about 18% more than in the first nine months of the last year of Obama. In All right, but, and that's not that far uh, long ago. That's a couple years ago. A couple years ago. 18% more. 18% more, and that is thanks to the similar budget deals they cut when Republicans had all three branches of government. And now they're looking for a repeat performance. And basically, they want to give Nancy Pelosi a complete debt ceiling suspension for two years, no spending cuts. Then they want to bust the automatic budget caps. Let me explain what that means. Typically, we're the ones who have to change current law if we want to reduce the size of government. The good news is the one victory we secured this decade on spending, the 2011 Budget Control Act, makes it that automatically, the status quo, simply by doing nothing, come October 1st, there are automatic spending cuts, first $35 billion, then another $85 billion. Republicans want to wipe that away with interest. They want to spend everything bust the budget caps for two years, and then spend another $100 billion on top of that, and then give away the president's leverage on the border. Who is the, uh, the genius, the mastermind behind this? Mitch McConnell? Well, I think Mitch McConnell is the main genius, but frankly, the Senate Republican conference is full of all sorts of Teletubbies. I mean, these people have no intuition, they have no initiative, and frankly, they're indistinguishable from Democrats when it comes to spending. You know, these Republican senators, uh, for the most part, seem tired, old, sort of flabby, you know what I mean, overweight, uh, enjoy their lunches with their lobbyists, enjoy being called senator in the offices they get as they pile up their pensions uh, over the course of decades. There are absolutely no initiatives coming out of the United States Senate that I can think of. How about you? Absolutely nothing. Think of the worst border crisis in, in American history. Where is the senator with the fire in his belly? I, I, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing a single one. There's a couple of good House members in the Senate. I mean, there are a bunch of balloons in the wind. And, and, and you know, they used to say, hey, look, I'm not a social conservative. <laughs> and, I'm not a, and I'm not a hawk. But, you know, when it comes to fiscal matter, now they can't even say that. Well, so here's what we're left with. 18% more spending than under Obama. The border numbers are two to three times higher than under Obama. And then um, when it comes to defunding Planned Parenthood, gee, whatever happened to that? You know what? It's amazing what you just said about Obama. You look back at Obama, he was a disaster, right? And the Republicans used to attack him as a disaster. And he put all these things in place that were disastrous. The Republicans never repeal any of it, whether it's Obamacare, you know, the individual mandate. Great. But really taking it. They don't even talk about repealing Obamacare today. They don't even talk about funding the wall today. They always say we can only do what's possible. And apparently the only thing that's possible is wildly irresponsible spending. Exactly. And that's the beauty here. You don't need 60 votes. You need new votes to repeal the Budget Control Act. 
simply just passing a clean CR will continue the president's budget. Democrats will have to beg him for more spending. And then that's when he could say, hey, I want wall funding. I want more ICE removal and detention-based funding. Um, But instead, they want to give the entire presidency away to the Democrats. Trump will have no leverage to get anything. This is McConnell. Trust me on this. He's up for re-election. He doesn't want any hiccups here. He'll have the support of the Wall Street Journal editorial page uh, and the corporatists and the U.S. Chamber of Crony Capitalism. And one day, Daniel, you and I know this, we're going to wake up and it's going to be too late. Oh, that day is coming very soon. Here's what people need to understand. Even as late as a couple years ago, the interest on the debt was relatively flat because the interest rates were very low. Just over the last couple years, the interest payments we pay, just the dead weight, money we throw at nothing, has doubled. By next year, we will spend as much on interest on the debt as we do on the runaway Medicaid program, which has gone nuts over the last five, seven years. So, you know, the the problem with that is it's a vicious cycle of failure because the more money we spend on that, the more we crowd out private investment. And the more it incentivizes people to purchase treasury securities rather than invest in capital goods, you know, factories, plants. And then it's a vicious cycle because it drives up interest rates, which in turn misallocates even more resources. Interest rates go even higher. Debt goes higher. And that is the tipping point that I think we've already reached. You know, three books ago, I wrote a book called Plunder and Deceit, focused very heavily on the debt, the reasons for the debt, different parts of the debt. Did you ever get a chance to look at that book? I absolutely did. I, I, I wrote a review on it. Oh, that, I apologize. That's right. I mean, I'm so many books later. Right? It's hard <laughs> to remember. And you know what? It didn't make a single dent in Washington, D.C. It's like they just don't care. They just keep plowing ahead. And I think it was the uh, Mitch McConnell who said, uh, you know, you never lose votes spending money. Exactly. I mean, McConnell said you never lose votes spending money. He also said that there is no difference between the two parties on the core Obamacare regulations, which was the whole enchilada there. Really, what is the difference? They're doing nothing on immigration. You know, House Democrats are holding hearing after hearing on um, what we can do for illegal aliens, yet you don't hear Senate Republicans, the last time I checked, they control the Senate, holding hearings on the criminal aliens, on the public charge, on the drug cartels. I mean, there's just no equal and opposing force to anything going on there. And like you said, Mark, I mean, it's not like these are unpopular issues. The people want welfare reform, especially with a 3.7% unemployment rate. People want sovereign borders. These are not very hard issues to message, but you know what? You've got to believe in them. I, I, I don't know. Daniel, I mean, uh, I don't even hear talk show hosts talk about this stuff. I don't see conservatives writing about this stuff. I think the conservative movement, other than a handful of us, is really suffering right now from intellectual firepower, don't you? There really is a crisis of intellect and a crisis of values among our colleagues. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people are wondering, how is it that we had control for two years and got nothing done? Well, I'll tell you how. There were about eight to ten budget leverage points, and all of our colleagues, or most of them, were MIA on the days that it mattered. Daniel Horowitz, you're always the best over there at Conservative Review. You can check him out, folks. Thank you, my friend. We'll be right back. 
Radio Free America on The Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to the great Hillsdale College. Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest in Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. Cory Booker, yeah, he's still around. Mr. Spartacus. Cut 14 uh, with the Washington Compost today. Go. I see President Trump as a, a bigot, as a demagogue, as a fear monger of somebody who's trying to rip our country apart at a time that other nations are showing the sense of common. Now, shut up, you that- rambling buffoon. May I say with all due respect. Ripping our country apart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You at the Kavanaugh hearings. You weren't ripping our country apart, will you? Were you? No. The left and the media, same thing. The Democrat Party and the media, same thing, are constantly ripping our country apart. How do you think they build their coalitions? Put us into these these fictional groups or groups based on race or groups based on sex. And then they say, why are you grouping us this way? I didn't say groping. I said grouping. Cory Booker. Let us... uh, Let us take a few calls, shall we? I think I shall. Matt Meriden, Connecticut, the great WABC. Go. Hi, good evening, Mark. Um, Matt from the deep blue state of Connecticut. Um, The nutmeg state, may I say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As uh, a young Republican, it's it's tough. I'm constantly at odds with uh, people my age group. Let me tell you, as an older Republican, it's tough. But anyway, go ahead. But I think one of the, the biggest issues, like you said, and t- today I actually purchased your book, the first time I bought a book. Thank you. I was a teenager. And, um, really? Yes, yes. I hate to say it. <laughs> no, but thank you. I think you'll get a lot out of it, actually. Absolutely. Well, I do. I listen to you every night on the way home, and I get out of work because I get out at 6. But um, like I said, as, as a media junkie, the things that you just repeated in the last hour about all the comments that have been said mm-hmm. over the last couple of years since Trump's been president, it's amazing to hear it said again because, you know, a lot of times you hear these things live and you can't almost believe that those things are being said about a duly elected president. Yep. There's really no basis of fact. What, what just, exactly has he done to deserve that kind of vitriol? Nothing. It's projected nothing. by the media. Nothing. Nothing You're exactly right. And it's, it's sad to think that people in my generation are so blindly led by the media 
and they just follow everything they say, and that's how they generate their thoughts and ideas. I'm not surprised by it. I'm not, I'm not, Matt, and I'll tell you why. When you have these indoctrination uh, courses in schools, which is what, what most government schools have become, certainly most colleges and universities have become, what do people expect? And we pay for it. We pay heavy-duty property taxes. Uh, we subsidize universities and colleges, states, and the federal government do. Uh, and, uh, and, and at some point, we're going to have to demand some kind of accountability here because what's happening is we have these American-hating Marxist types who get tenure, who hire similar types of faculty. It's, a, it's, it's almost an inbreeding process. Uh, and you see conservatives in these different Ivy League schools, how they're chased off campus. And day in and day out, if you're teaching young people the kind of hate that you hear from Omar, AOC, and Talib, and I suspect they got a lot of this in their college classrooms, uh, this is what you get. It's just actually despicable what I've seen in the last couple of days from those four individuals and how they've got so much media attention. And it's really just drowning out everything that could be done. In this, in this time. I You're mean, so right. Things that they should be doing. And, and the week before that, we had the head of the uh, women's championship soccer team. And the only reason uh, Chuck Todd, uh, who really is a dumb guy, and the only reason he wanted her on or the rest wanted her on is because she was attacking Trump and pushing the radical progressive agenda. If she were a Trump supporter or otherwise, you know, you'd never hear of her. No, it, and, it's, and you bring up the, the soccer team, that, that's a disgrace. I mean, to be able to, to root for a team that doesn't root for our country. It's... Well, I have to be honest. I didn't root for them. <laughs> well, no, I, not, I... Not, not when she opened her big mouth. No, I hear you. That's I when you. I said, you know what? You're not playing for the U.S. You're playing for yourself. Yeah. And so I'm not, I'm not rooting. In fact, the other team, the other team, what, what was it, Norway? They were more respectful of America and the American flag than the American team. Well, I mean, the only time we're on the world stage is when the women's soccer team, because they have a dominant team, and that's the time when they have to shine. And that's well, maybe the they shouldn't wear our flag anymore. Well, it's, it's, if it's they not. hate America. Hey, look, I love the way the left says, hey, look, we're allowed to disagree. Now, of course, you and I, in certain areas like college campuses and so forth, or the so-called mainstream media, we're not allowed to voice our views. But all that said, this isn't about voicing your views. This isn't about the First Amendment. It's about... Dumping on the country. Dumping on the country. Let me ask you a question while I have you, Matt. Tell me, what has Ilhan Omar or her family done for the country? Well, you know that's a rhetorical question. Tell me, tell me, yeah. Tell me, what has a Talib or her family done for the country? Uh, nothing. Have they served in the military? Are they police officers? Have they invented something? No, they haven't done a damn thing. No, and they not- trash the people who have. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, my friend, you take care. We wanted our friend from Nigeria, Emika, to call back because I had to cut him off last night. How are you, my friend? Rest in Virginia, the great WMAL. Go right ahead. So, Mark, thank you again for giving me the chance to say something. You bet. I, I, I believe that uh, um, Trump is not a racist. Uh, I, I have no doubt in my mind. Yes, Those but I believe are- AOC and Omar and Talib are racists and anti-Semites. They are indeed. I agree with you 100%. Uh, um, they are being used by whoever is using them to just attack the president for no reason. And they are the racists that I've, uh, you know, that anybody can think of. Um, we, may, may, may I, let's pretend this is CBS News. Are you a man of color? 
I don't like that term. No, of course nobody does. It's the media. You know, I'm playing along here. Man of color. Okay. No, you know, you're an American. Yes, sir. And uh, as a new immigrant, I think I believe that uh, um, people are making um, people are making money of that term. Uh, color people, and they need to be stopped because uh, everybody has color. And then uh, if they believe, let, let me let me ask you some questions. He came from Nigeria, right? Is that correct, Emika? That's correct. Yes, sir. You came from Nigeria. Nigeria, right? Nigeria right now is a tough place in some parts of that country, isn't it? It's a very tough place to live. And particularly, and are are you? I'm just asking for: Are you Christian or Muslim? I'm a Christian. And Christians are being are under attack in, in parts of Nigeria, aren't they? I think this is a little more personal. My my niece was uh, was. Uh, was uh, slaughtered. Um, she was going to school at the uh, at the North uh, University, and she was just uh, uh, got caught in that those the, uh, attacks, and she was slaughtered um, to pieces. And uh, the, her parents have never uh, recovered from that. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, it's very dear to me, and uh, that's not the only one. Um, Christians have been attacked every single day. And very little, very little reporting in America about this, isn't there? No, not the media that we know. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. It's not, no, it's very, very horrible. And the media think that by saying all kinds of things they say uh, against Trump, that that will make us uh, uh, flip the other way. No, we know better than that. You come, you come from Nigeria. You just told us about the horrible, and, and I'm very sorry, the murder of your niece. And you come into this country, and let me ask you something. When you hear Omar and Talib and AOC and others talk the way they do about this country, how does that make you feel? I think uh, I, I, it makes me feel bad because they, um, they experience what we, other people experience from other countries, or at least from the countries that, uh, for example, Ilham Omar, where she came from, People are languishing, and yeah. here she is uh, in a privileged land. Instead of uh, trying to support Americans in American, what America stands for, no, she's attacking America every chance she gets, along with the other, the other three. I, I think uh, um, I don't know who sent them there, but whoever did that, I think they need to rethink about sending him them back to 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 to, to their states after this uh, first uh, first term. I think they need to be returned. In other words, they need to be defeated. Uh, I don't think they will be defeated. Their districts are very heavy, heavy Democrat. And unfortunately, I think we're looking at a new Democrat party. It is increasingly racist. It is increasingly uh, uh, anti-Semitic. It's increasingly hostile to the very principles of this country. It has embraced a very... Uh, sort of foreign mentality with respect to government, European socialism, if you will, even Marxism. And this is a big battle we have. It's the constitutionalists versus the progressives. And it's those who believe in a colorblind society against those who believe in identity politics. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. All right, my friend, I have to go, but I want to thank you. Keep calling. You're an inspiration, Emika. And I'll be right back. Lovin.
forget, I'll be on Hannity on the Fox News channel in 40 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. So in about 40 minutes, hope you'll be there. When President Trump says America will never be a socialist country, he couldn't be more right. That's why it's so troubling that a proposal from the Department of Health and Human Services would move us in that direction. The International Drug Pricing Index would adopt socialist price controls from socialist governments set by them. Now, why would we do that? Today, Americans get access to cutting-edge therapies for diseases like cancer nearly two years before other countries. The future holds some incredible promise for people fighting these other awful diseases. The HHS proposal would cripple America's world-leading medical innovation. We would have fewer new cures, and they'd be harder to obtain. We should control costs with market-based reforms, by fostering competition and by making other countries pay their fair share, not with socialist price controls. Keep America great by keeping American medical innovation great. Visit protectmypartb.org, protectmypartb.org. And thanks to Americans for tax reform. Well, let's see here. Who do we have? Let us go to Rosnick, Glendale, California, 870 The Answer, where we are live and national. Go. Hi, Greg Mark Levin. How are you, sir? Very well. Thank you. Uh, I'm a legal immigrant who came to this country the right way, and I'm so proud. I'm a U.S. citizen for 12 years. And I told the same words that 12 years ago to my friend, the president said, like, two, three days ago. And my So you told a friend of yours who's a recent immigrant who's attacking the country, go back where you came from. Yeah, exactly. I said, if you don't, like, why you, why you stay here? You want to uh, get the benefits from U.S. passport or anything? And why you are here? Just don't go, back, go there. And then you realize... Uh, what kind of country you're living. And, no, and notice, we can characterize what the president said any way we want, but notice she didn't answer. Yeah. Notice, notice Omar didn't answer. I'll answer. You know why she won't go to Somalia? Because it's a <laughs> hellhole. That's why. <laughs> and you're not allowed to say that either. But it is. It's a hellhole. Yeah, one more thing, Mr. Levin. Yes, sir. Uh, Rashida Tlaib, the night she got elected, I, I'm not forgetting. I'm Christian from a Muslim country. I came to this country legally. Which country? Iran. Yes, yes. And the night she just got elected, I cannot forget it. I'm not going to forget the rest of my life. They wrapped him with the Palestine flag, and then she put her hand on the Koran. That it's disgrace that you're coming this country and she has a map of the middle east with a yellow stick and blocking the country of israel exactly and 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 she is celebrated by an individual who has who is a mouthpiece for hezbollah support of hezbollah in this country and uh and uh he was celebrating her and she was celebrating him and how let me ask you this rosnick so when nora o'donnell does the cbs evening news and she talks about four people of color. Why doesn't she talk about the content and the character of these four people of color and what they've stood for and what they've said that has been radical and extreme that has offended so many Americans? Because they keep pushing the narrative, right? They want the attack to be on Trump. 
Exactly. They don't have anything to pr uh, provide to American people. They just want to say, oh, Trump is racist, Trump is that, Trump. They don't have anything else. Look at how many months they have to Congress. Just tell me one legislation they just approved that's helping American people. By the way, uh, why doesn't Nancy Pelosi step down and let a person of color become speaker? Oh, gosh. Why doesn't Chuck Schumer? I don't know. Are there? I don't even know. Are there any African American Democrats? Yeah, Cory Booker. Why don't they let Cory Booker be the uh, be the leader in the Senate? No, notice these 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 leftist liberals. Uh, they don't uh, practice what they preach. Rosnick, thank you, my friend. I appreciate your call very much. Let us go to Marge, Rockland, New York, the great WABC. Go. It's Rockland County, Mark. God bless us. <laughs> Um, you know, I believe that uh, Obama took Biden as his vice president because he could pull anything under the uh, the nose of Biden, and Biden wouldn't even realize that the country was being sold down the drain all eight years that he was vice president. I, I you know, it's interesting you say he took Biden. I think the reason he took Biden was because Biden was perceived as an old hand, and Biden was perceived as knowledgeable in foreign policy. Whereas Obama had been a senator for like uh, two and a half hours. And never present at the meetings. All right, my friend. Thank you. Shall we continue? Vic, Las Vegas, Nevada, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark, you magnificent SOP. Thank you, sir. I think. Yeah, like uh, Pat said when he read, he, read your, he read his book, you know. He read the... Oh, right. Rommel's book. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, yeah, I buy your books by five at a time. And oh, I my goodness. I can. Thank you. I got one minute. Go okay. for the gold. Hey. Okay. Hey, uh, I want to say is that I think that we need to primary McConnell and 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 maybe Matt Bevan will get in on that and Cornyn. We need you know, to Cornyn is a waste. You're absolutely right. Cornyn's an absolute waste. You got to get rid of them. And... And, and and these are safe seats that we. All can right, get Vic, don't get mad. I got to run, brother. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all law enforcement, ICE, Border Patrol. Thank you, thank you, all you heroes out there. We much appreciate you. Please get your copy now. Unfreedom of the Press. You can go to Amazon.com anywhere. It's time, and I'll see you in thirty minutes on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. God bless you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.